Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. This season of the No BS Pod is proudly brought to you by our friends Beyond and Costco. Beyond offers you the tools you need to get, grow, and optimize your revenue. And Casago's best-in-class tech streamlines operations for the local traditional vacation rental management company, making them the local heroes with a global presence. Our podcast is not possible without the generosity of our sponsors. Make sure to check out their exclusive offers specifically geared for our No BS listeners. Morante, how are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. How are you? Good, man. Season three, episode five. One of these days, I'm going to start the podcast when it's not. Good morning, Mateo. How are you? But, you know, I until then, until I think of something new and exciting, and then and it probably won't something feel right. horribly and then... wrong. And I'll be like, John, are you okay? Do we <laughs> need to press pause and have a talk? Like, it's is it on? what's going on? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm excited. In another episode, uh, yeah. we have we have the better half of someone we had. And, and when I say the better half, I don't mean as in like a spouse, but I mean the better half of a company just learned birthday twin. Um, well, yeah, but, that's what I was going to say. Better yeah, half of the birthday. Like, yeah. So but we're, I'm excited today. Uh, to We're diving in with Dana Lubner. And did I pronounce that right, Dana? I'm terrible with names. Did I say Lubner right or is it something else? No, you nailed it. I nailed it. Yes. <laughs> it's hard. I I'm I murder names. So um and usually I, I've asked ahead of time, but we just dove right in. <laughs> Good morning. It's earlier Good morning. for you. Good morning. Yeah. Dana. Good you, morning, you're, gentlemen. Your bright eye and bushy tail early this early in the morning. If you're watching on video, there's a drum set behind Dana. This is exciting. <laughs> Yep, I'm uh, I, I'm an early riser, so the the eight a.m. my time for this podcast recording didn't scare me. Um, the thing that scared me was I didn't realize we were video on, so uh, I quickly ran and put at least a decent shirt on. I can't promise you what's below the shirt, but uh, right. I'm ready to rock and roll. That's good. You, you didn't you didn't you know bathe? <laughs> I did. I did okay. bathe. Ooh, good. We're super excited to have you on. We want to learn about you. We want to learn, obviously, um, to kind of talk about this is nice. We, we talked rent responsibly uh, probably a year ago now when we had Dave on, but I'm excited to learn uh, like what is new, what is changing, where where you're going, you know, what's in the future. But let's talk about Dana and and what you, like I'm looking at your your LinkedIn resume here. Like, how the hell do you go from, you know, Fine featherheads at Moonbath. How the hell do you make it from there to you know? You know, we un- understand you're you know you're you know a senior sales executive at Get Found Fast, and then you're with Effortless with your brother, correct? Your actual brother, actually, um, also not a better half. But tell tell us your story. How do you get into the space? Well. I love that you just brought up fine feather heads. Um, That's where I was going. I needed it. I needed that because Dana, I know you. So yeah. and I know, I think I know you well and know your story, but I've never heard that clearly I haven't dug into your LinkedIn. So I need to hear <laughs> about that immediately. Well, I might like weird you guys out, but I had a dream last night about talking to people uh, from high school. Everyone's having their 20 year high school reunion in my age bracket. 
just gave myself away there. But um, I had a dream. A little younger than us. Oh, really? I doubt that. (laughs) My my, my 20th was a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, I, for some reason, was dreaming about explaining to people the the history of fine featherheads. So I'll keep it short and sweet, but I have a family of entrepreneurs who are super creative and um, we are raised by parents that were always looking to start businesses and full of um, opportunities to uh, partner with people on on cool ideas. I grew up on a farm um, and we had our own farm stand and business on the farm. But fast forward to about, I'd say, 2010, my younger sister, Dakota, she saw that there was this opportunity. We were festival goers. We love music. Music is a big part of our lives. Um, but okay, pause, she, pause, 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 yeah. pause, festival as in music festival, as in what genre? Like, like Yeah, not a renaissance festival, but a music yeah, but festival. What genre of music were you like, were you going and traveling with, with the dead? Or, or did you go see, like, I, I I saw Fish 13 times back in my earlier days. Oh, yeah. Is that that type of festival or... Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a fish fan for sure. I didn't see fish back in the day when you were probably going to see fish, but one of the first festivals I went to, it has quite a story for another time, but we pretty much hitchhiked to Michigan from living in San Diego. Uh, We snuck in the back of the artist van and then kind of broke our way into the festival known as Rothberry, now known as Electric Forest. Okay. Um, So that was my beginning days of learning about going to see music and pitching a tent and enjoying myself for three days. And it was something I had never done until I was like in my 20s. I had never really been a festival goer. But part of that lifestyle is getting to meet people and getting to see what trends are out there. Mm -hmm. And my sister saw this opportunity to do feather hair extensions. Now, I don't think you probably thought I was going to take that left turn there. Um, But these are fly fishing feathers, feathers that fly fishermen use to catch fish and adorning the hair with them. Um, and so she built out a business, uh, that took us global. She was raking in some serious dough, had 50 employees. Um, she would build inventory and sell out inventory in 15 minutes every day on her website. So I was the logistics manager. I made sure all the packages were sent at the most uh, responsible and affordable rate to hairstylists across the globe. And we were going around to festivals and, you know, selling feathers and spreading the gospel of wearing cool things in your hair. And um, it's a trend that's cyclical, but it eventually died out to a degree. Um, and so she pivots to new directions and I pivoted to doing sales with other companies and organizations. Right. So have you always, so this is my question, Dana, and I know you, you have anyone who knows, you know, you knows you have an electric personality. You're, you're a force to be around. Did that start? Like, I want to know what you were selling at the farm. Like what, oh, what, what, yeah. when you had this, were you the one at the farm that was like, Hey, you're going to buy this watermelon today. It's amazing. <laughs> You know, was it like a farm stand? Like, like, yeah, exactly. That where is that where you learn sales? I'd say it's probably just in my blood. I'm a people person. I love people, and if I believe in a product, I'm going to talk you into it. You know, I'm not an influencer by any means, but my friends 
you know, they're like, where's your affiliate link? Let's, let's see, let's see what you got in your Amazon shopping cart. So <laughs> I'm definitely a believer of the stuff that I love. And the farm I grew up on in Durham, New Hampshire on the seacoast, it's a crop farm. So mm. it was a farm stand that sold raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, um, all pick your own berries. And then Christmas trees in the winter, pumpkins in the fall. Um, and then, yeah, I definitely hustled the roadside with a few lemonade stands to fund my, my childhood you know, ambitions. Awesome. But yeah, I've I've always felt like sales and um, being part of a, of a movement has been in my family's blood. Hey, Dana, That's awesome. this is this is awesome. But you, you know, I graduated high school from Rutland, Vermont, right? Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Awesome. I, I was born in Maine, lived on the coast of Maine, went to college at, in, uh, at Plymouth State. Dropped, oh, amazing. Out, dropped out after a year because I could ride Loon for $5 with my student ID. Amazing. Moved yeah. out west. Right. Um, That's what us New Englanders do. We have to have a a taste of the other side of our country after growing up in such a beautiful place. That's what I did. Yeah. It's interesting because growing up in Oregon, like we don't have the reciprocal of that. Like we're not like, oh, you know what? We need to go check out what's in Portland, Maine, because Portland, Oregon's so awesome. Well, you moved to Atlanta. You did that, go across the country, well, but it wasn't to the northeast, right? It was all the way to the southeast. And well, I went to San Diego. Those reasons, yeah, yeah. San Diego yeah. is kind of the same. Diego, yep. I went. I went diagonal. From, I went from uh, New Hampshire for one that one year. I, I went. I spent a season in in Salt Lake. I spent a season in San Diego. Uh, lived right off of PB on Mission Boulevard, um, and then hitchhiked if we're talking hitchhiking um from san diego up to portland oregon and found a ride from there uh to mount hood and and spent three years in hood river oregon amazing i love that we have some similar paths that were crossed there i did not know that about you john yeah and the and my fish shows were all up in new england like the great went like all those the shows uh yeah yeah we've got a a fish four-day run coming here to to Denver. Uh, the stadium is called Dicks. So it's called Fish Dicks. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a, a big endeavor that but I feel like I'm getting older to the point where I don't need to go to four shows in a row because yeah. the, the bounce back from that is not quite as enjoyable as it used to be when we were younger, right? I haven't seen them in years and I don't know if I'd even enjoy it anymore, but um <laughs> I probably would. It's not really it's not it's kind of my genre has even changed a little bit over time. But with it, let's let's continue. I know we've taken a real we took a left turn and then we've taken a hard right. Um uh, it's okay. That's what we do here. Yeah, no, I love this. This, 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 this is, is great. This is who we are. <laughs> <laughs> so You've had some sales from from there, you know, obviously your, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, you know, a bunch of different sales, you know, you know, from Silver Edge to Waypath Ventures, you know, you spent some time, at, you know, get found fast. And then from there, I mean, that right there is, you know, your pay-per-click, like, right? I mean, you're, you're, in yeah. that, you're doing some stuff like that. You're, 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 you're working with, with that stuff. How did you transition from that to Effortless? <sighs> I love that you just like listed off every company on my resume. I haven't thought about those companies in a while. I would say it was a moment of not feeling like I was living in my truth. I was working a job that I had just kind of lost the zest for. Um, you know, some people can do sales and sell anything and and 
you know, the, you know, the classic, like I can sell ice to an Eskimo and that's just not who I am. Like I believe in being authentic and believing in the product that I am going to offer as a service in exchange for funds. And I just wasn't in a place where I was passionate about selling the, the services I was. And so I had reached out to my 12 person family group thread text thread, um, and said, I'm just not really feeling this anymore. And I don't know what I was hoping to hear in response, but my younger brother, Taylor wrote back immediately and said, I've been asking you to come work with me for a year now. Like this would be perfect. Like, how could you not? And, you know, you think about your little brother and you think about him as like the five-year-old. And then you're like, wait a second, you're like 35 now. And you're a, you're a man and you've gone through life experiences and you've built out a business and sure, let's see what this could even look like. And so I joined the team. Uh, he was doing the sales at the time. The company is about eight years old now. Um, but at that time, he was doing all the client acquisition, bringing in all the properties and also running the company. And I stepped in and, and helped alleviate all of the leads that were coming into the business and closing deals. And I was blown away to see the operation that he and his business partner had set up. Um, and that's that's kind of what my introduction, my first dance with the hospitality industry in this capacity was. Have you spent hours determining what rate you should charge at your short-term rental property? Of course you have. This is a huge part of the vacation rental business, and it can be tricky knowing if your place is on par with other properties in the area. But now you don't have to wonder, you don't have to worry. And that's because it's so much easier pricing out your properties with Beyond Pricing. Here's how it works. Beyond uses a dynamic pricing tool along with in-depth market research to make sure your property gets valued exactly how it should be. They take dozens of factors into account, including your property's location, other rental rates in the area, any amenities on your property, nearby attractions, all of the things that most of us just wouldn't think about when pricing our own properties. That way you don't miss out on profits and your guests feel confident in the rate that they're paying so they come back again and again and again. That's a win-win and it gets even better. Beyond's platform is easy to use so you can save time and think about other areas of your business or enjoy your free time a little more now that you won't be stressing out about the rate you're charging. There's a reason why hundreds of single and multi-property owners trust Beyond's platform to determine what they should charge their guests. Beyond is dedicated to the short-term rental community. It's where their business was born and it's where they intend to stay. Don't wait, get the profits you deserve. Go to gobeyondpricing.com forward slash no dash BS for a free portfolio assessment and a $30 credit when you sign up. That's go.beyondpricing forward slash no dash BS. Thanks for listening. And now let's get back to the episode. For those that are listening and, you know, this is back in 2018. I mean, this wasn't like you haven't been in the short-term rental space for years and years and years and years, comparable to us. Um, we're, we're, we're relatively, I think, I think I've been at six years now, but overall it's, it's interesting to see the people that, that come into the space and immerse themselves into the industry and immerse themselves into sucking up knowledge and, and asking as many questions as you possibly can in, in getting to know people and really getting involved and, and, and passionate about it. And I, and I like to, you know, I guess I'm patting myself in Mateo's back right now as, as, as getting involved in in a way that is productive. And then there's there's some people that come into the space which, you know, 
in, they just have a different trajectory in the space and they've been in this space for 10, 12 years and they're happy and they're, and they're productive in their way, but, but it's just a little bit different. And, and it's interesting to see those that, that, that do come into a, a, a very, it's a small tight knit, but also competitive, but also very, you know, open and sharing space that we, that we like this wonderful world that we live in in vacation rentals but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know I'm just rambling now, but it's... No, but that's what I noticed as well. It, you know, when I take on a new job or start a new career path, I just want to sponge up as much information as I possibly can, because if I'm going to be selling something, I want to be as knowledgeable and as close to an expert as I can get. And so, you know, there, there was a lot of resources out there about short-term rentals, but nothing like there is today. And in trying to become more proficient at speaking the, you know, talking the talk and speaking the language, I discovered the community that was behind the industry and that it was indeed a very close-knit community. And that not only uh, was it a pretty like tight community, it was also, you know, a community that really wanted to I'd say put their best foot forward in a way that I don't think they had always been challenged to do. I think when you, you know, talk about folks that have been in this space for years and years, there was really no discussion about what regulations would look like or where there was, um, you know, red flags or hot topics. Um, and so folks were just kind of keeping on and, and doing their thing on a day-to-day basis. But with any new fresh set of eyes that I bring into an organization or that I've been um, privileged enough to join, I think there's always an opportunity to say like, what is working well and what could be changed? Um, And I've just been amazed to see how agile the industry has been and how willing folks are to, to really raise each other up and share best practices and educate like what you guys look to do on this podcast. It's interesting. I love the way that you got <clears throat> like you you bring creativity to the space also, because one of the things and while I was sitting here listening to you talk and I'm thinking about and, you know, then I'm thinking about regulatory issues and things like that a lot, especially being here in Atlanta. Like, what are the biggest barriers you see as an industry? Because when you think of the work that you do and you think of the importance of the regulatory climate to our industry, right, it. It, it is a huge thing. Why are we so fragmented and why are we so behind the ball, in your opinion, in terms of, you know, having a united voice, having a big presence, having a big influence? Because, you know, I know the industry's new, but it's it's quite sizable and it's a force to be reckoned with. But it doesn't seem like we have the cohesiveness of a hotel lobby or other other industry you know kind of restaurant lobbies or things of that it's not like we have this cohesive kind of support for each other that you know it's it seems just seems very fragmented I guess is the best way to put it right why do you think we are in that state now from your experience well I'd say I think it's getting better I think we're I think we're making steps to have a more unified voice Um, but I, it's a double-edged sword, like take pride in your unique property and your unique way of doing things. And that you're a property management company that does something different than what the other competitors out there do. And it's almost like a selling point, but I think when you take pride in doing things 
you know, differently to an extent where you look at your, the other folks in your space as competitors in a way where you can't collaborate, then I think that's what creates that, you know, fragmentation, that voice that's not being collaborative or working in the same direction. I think those are the opportunities where we can kind of get together, whether it's on a local level or at a national level. Um, and really say like, let's, let's talk about what our problems are. Let's identify what the issues are and then let's tackle them and bringing together every voice in the room to say, how can we have um, a positioning statement that we can all agree upon on these, you know, five to 10 points, whatever it may be. Right. Um, but I do think we are making steps in a direction where we're getting more organized and more um, a professional presence that, you know, impacts our reputation. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Casago. And we. John, you mean Casago? No, I meant Casago. John, that's not how you say it. You gotta get our sponsor's name right, man. Anyway, as I was saying before I got cut off, this episode is brought to you by Casago. And if you haven't heard of them, then here's the deal Casago helps bring the biggest tech and strategy to the local operators so they can take on the big players. Casago's franchise model really does streamline the operations of the local and traditional vacation rental management company, making them the local heroes with a global presence. And the industry changing as much as it has, Casago's not only bringing these high-powered tools to the local operators, but they're also creating something even more powerful by making sure everyone is in the community and constantly learning from different markets and operators. We tell you this because they've joined us to get this exclusive offer just for checking them out a little bit more. Go to casago.com forward slash no BS. That is C-A-S-A-G-O dot C-O-M forward slash N-O-B-S to book your discovery call. What's included, you ask? A review of your business operation expenses to identify where you can save money, information on how to partner with Casago or Casago to scale your company, and a free $100 Amazon gift card for attending their one-hour discovery call. Now let's get back to the pod. So it's Casago. No, no, it's for sure Casago. You have no idea what you're talking about. It's Casago. No, dude, you're wrong. You're wrong. Whatever. Let's get back to the business. I have a, um, and it's a great, great answer. For those that are listening that have not, you know, you know, we talk rent responsibly often on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned it in both of the regulatory 911s that we put out a couple of weeks ago. We, we talk about as a resource often, we, we link often to rent responsibly. But for those that are listening that still don't know what res- rent responsibly is, can you kind of give a, a brief synopsis of of what, you know, what rent responsibly is as a resource and then also your role with rent responsibly? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Rent Responsibly is a community building and education platform for short-term rental alliances around the country. And what that means is, is we believe that we can be a hub um, with tools, um, you know, uh, resources, uh, educational modules, events, so that we can really help create that unified voice that we were just speaking about, um, where everyone's kind of, you know, the cliche saying of singing from the same song sheet, 
Right. I I recently did a brainstorming session with my team where I was like, I need some new vernacular. I can't use any more of these advocacy <laughs> sayings. Um, but I guess they're a saying for a reason because it does encapsulate the the idea. But I think we will be more unified and have uh, more intentional outcomes the more organized we are and the more effort we're putting into kind of building out a local presence. And so Rent Responsibly specifically is helping local alliances organize. Now, my title is head of leadership development. And what I have the honor and privilege of doing is getting to work with these local leaders. You know, you can't organize a local alliance without having, you know, the nucleus uh, to really be able to govern from. So I get to work with these groups. And what my role really entails is I look at myself as a facilitator. Um, I'm not there to do the work for these groups. I'm there to empower them. Oftentimes we'll talk about rent responsibly as the scaffolding, you know, scaffolding when a building's being built is up, but over time that scaffolding comes down and the building stands on its own. And so what our mission is, is to build sustainable communities across the nation and across the world eventually at some point when we can continue to scale with our with our goals of what we have to do. But it's to build out these groups so that they are self-sufficient, that they are able to stand on their own without our support. So we're helping local groups, um, you know, identify who the board is going to be, who is going to be the president, who's going to be the VP. One of the best things I think, um, you know, we're all working with a limited amount of time in the day, and we call it a limited advocacy energy budget. And, you know, as Mateo can speak to, and I'm sure you, John, as well, like it's exhausting work and it feels like sometimes it doesn't stop and finding the time in the day is not always there. And so the best way to do it is to co-lead. Um, and I'm a president of my own short-term rental alliance called the Mile High Hosts in Denver. And I've been in a president role where at times it can feel really overwhelming to feel like the weight of the whole group or the whole local alliance is on my shoulders by myself. And so what we're doing at Rem Responsibly is building out all the tools and resources that I wish I had so I could hit the ground running back in 2019 when we started. And I think one of the best tips to do is find someone to, to share that presidential title with you, whether it's co-president or VP, um, right. because then you always have that sounding board, just like you two doing co-hosting this podcast way more fun. I'm sure for you to do this with each other, you, you know, you've built out a, an amazing bond between the two of you. And I think that that's something it's just that a really show, fuels. by the way, the, the bond, <laughs> I really can't stand it. It's it's like you know when you find out your favorite TV actors can't stand each other. I <laughs> I don't buy it. Right, like yeah, no, John and I are good, man. No, no I don't buy it. I see the authenticity in your smiles, um, but I think you know really helping these groups understand what is an appropriate meeting cadence, how to set up uh, a reoccurring meeting reminder, how to leverage technology, um, and then how to figure out your what your strategy is and how you're going to campaign. Um, so we're really in this advisory role, um, but the things that we don't do is we're not lobbying. We're not lobbying for groups on their behalf. You know, we're not giving them policy guidance. We're talking to them about what do you want? What do you believe is going to be a sustainable path for the community? And then we support them on how to get that out and how to make that public. So that's what makes you feel really good, you know, about the work that I do is that we're really helping folks understand what's going to be best for their local destination because it's different for every community. And you guys build a hell of a team. 
Like I, I love seeing, you know, the, the team that, 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 you know, you guys have a solid, solid team of passionate individuals that, you know, I'm, you know, congrats to, to you all for, for, for hiring and, and, and keeping them, you know, and that's hard today too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't be more like jazzed about the team. I, I think I just shout out to Dave and Alexa for being so intentional with the way that they hired um, you know, they leverage tools that really evaluate people's skill sets and saw where there were gaps in our company and our organization and where we could balance that out intentionally. And it works like it really works. I couldn't be more, um, you know, consistently motivated by the folks that I work with, where I feel like we have different skill sets, but I learn from them and feed off their energy. And I'm, I am hopeful that it's vice versa. It's awesome. So you guys have built this amazing community and you've built this amazing resource and you're, you're, you're helping fight fires and, 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 and basically you're supplying the water to fight fires, right? And you, you're in the tools and, and, and giving them directions. You know, how, how, as a dot org, you, you all are a nonprofit, is that correct? No, or for your for-profit but these government, like, how, how do you, like, I, I guess I, I never wrap my mind around, like, how do you all, is it, is it like make money? Is it through a subscription? I know. <laughs> this is a question, people. Like, how like, do you get paid? Because I'm not right. volunteering. Um, right. No, I understand you're yeah. not volunteering, but nonprofits get paid as well. Right. So, totally. Yeah. So Absolutely. I, like, like, how, like, you got a, a quality team and you guys aren't doing this for free. Like, exactly. how do you get paid? And I love that. And I love, I love any opportunity I can speak to this because I think it's something that people don't necessarily understand. Um, and then I think it can, you know, lead to people making, filling in their own blanks, which we know mm -hmm. is, can be kind of a dangerous um, endeavor. No, people to do. want things for free. Like, like, let's be very clear. Like people always want advice for free. They want, Oh, they want you to do all the work. And they want it for free, whether they yeah. admit it or not. And then they're like, oh, you paid to do this? Yeah. Or I have to pay you to do this? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the way that um, the model works for Rent Responsibly is that we have founding partners. So we have partners that believe in the community building advocacy work that we are supporting groups to do. And so through their investments, um, they're saying they're making a, you know, a public statement that they know that if advocacy and community building doesn't exist, that the industry will cease to exist. And so by putting their money and investing in and rent responsibly, they're able to say that they're doing advocacy as well. And so it's through the support of the founding partners and the founding partners, just to give a shout out to them as well as uh, Verbo, Key Data. Proper Insurance, Breezeway, Noiseware, AJL Raincatcher, Avalara, D-Travel, Operto, and Wheelhouse. And I think it's really important to also note that none of these folks have uh, a hand in how we do what we do. Our agreement with them is that you're investing in the work, you understand how we do our work, um, but none of them have agendas that they're looking to serve. Um, and so I think sometimes there can be discussions around OTAs being investors and, you know, are they getting their own needs being served? And that couldn't be further from the truth. And I couldn't do just like what we spoke about in the beginning. I couldn't do the work I'm doing if I was serving somebody else's agenda. 
hundred percent. Yeah. And I just, and that's even, you know, to take it like way down a level, like, like, you know, we partner, you know, obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you've uh, you've had a couple interruptions with, with some, with some commercials of our sponsors and, you know, with the relationship that we have with the sponsors on the no BS podcast, which is very Switzerland um, and everything that we do, um, like they can't dictate who we have on. They can't dictate, you know, what we talk about. Yes, of course, we would like to get them on and we're going to be getting uh, Ryan Dave on here in, in a couple of weeks to go ahead, you know, to talk Casago and stuff like that. But of course we are like we would anyway. And we talk, we try to time it with when they, when they are, um, you know, on a sponsorship run, but I get it. And it's important that, that your, your, the messages and the, what you're doing, um, and well, you know, in, in true, true, true to form, you just shouted out every partner that you work with and, and good for you there. That's, that's your job. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though. Like, I don't know why, why do we segment them? Because their interest is our interest at the end of the day, right? Their customers are the managers right? Right, <laughs> like right. at the end of the day. It's, it's, I, I hate that we even have to talk about segmenting them and invisibility and, and having to make these disclaimers, but I, I get it. But at the end of the day, we're all in this boat together. Right. And I think what really damages us is when we try and segment ourselves away and not saying that this is what you're doing or what's happening, but I think we get weaker, the more and more we kind of fragment and segment and, Say, oh, well, this is in my best interest. And I don't know about everybody else. Yeah. yeah. How can we work together? How can we identify, you know, commonalities and common goals we want to achieve? I think that is what's going to unite our voice. And that's going to be what like kills this fragmentation we spoke about. And so the more we can be looking to say like, hey, same side, same side, I think the better it's going to be for for all of those that are involved and that's all stakeholders, all community members, yeah. you know, the worst thing you want to see is, uh, you know, negative negativity within your own team, you know, like yeah. I don't do sports analogies, but I'm sure there's one there. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Like, like they, it's a perfect time for like the most cliche sports analogy. We're, we're ready for it. When you think <laughs> of it, you just throw it in there. Will do. So right now, obviously, you know, we've we've had, you know, a couple we've had regulatory 911s talking about, you know, current issues going on. And we're only we only touched on three or four, um, I think four, you know, and there's there's many more going on all the time across here in the US and globally, you know, where, you know, we're seeing a bunch of stuff pop up in in the EU nations like right now. We're seeing a ton of stuff. Like what is your biggest, and, and I know you're not going to prioritize one over the other, but where are you currently helping putting fires out right now? Great question. Um, I'd say right now we're working with 14 alliances. So everywhere, and when I say working with, that means like full support, like we're helping facilitate meetings. Um, you know, we're sending agendas. We're doing that scaffolding that I was referring to. Right. You know, we help groups beyond that 14 with the resources and the DIY guides and the events and seminars that we put on where it's, you know, more of a do it yourself versus we're doing it with you. Um, and so the destinations, just to name a few, are everywhere from, you know, Virginia Beach, Hilton Head, mm. Santa Fe, um, Oahu, San Diego, Dallas, there's a, you know, again, 14 different locations that are experiencing regulatory battles. 
the things, the topics that are getting me most excited right now, because, you know, people are creative. If they don't like something, they'll find a way to shut it down. And, right. you know, if, if one door doesn't work to shut it down, they're going to come through another door. And so the, the attacks on short-term rentals that I'm seeing right now that are getting me most jazzed up is this idea of taxation, as well as blaming the uh, housing affordability crisis on short-term rentals. Yeah. Like I, I just can't feel more fired up as a firefighter um, to be hearing this, this lazy correlation between um, our, our housing shortages and short-term rentals. I by no means believe that there is zero impact from short-term rentals, but let's actually like look at the data and then let's go back and let's talk to the housing experts and let's really evaluate why we have housing shortages because I think it relates to a lack of building over the last 30 years. I think it uh, relates to a lack of uh, policy change. I think it relates to a lack of um, open-mindedness. You know, they talk about the, uh, the NIMBYs, but the new terminology that I've learned is called the neighborhood defender. And you think, oh, that sounds great, right? Mm -hmm. But what they're saying is I'm defending my neighborhood from having anything that I don't like in it. Mm -hmm. And there are the folks that are oftentimes able to dedicate time to attending city meetings and speaking up and having uh, the education and understanding of the political process to use their voice to ensure that they are spouting these non-data-backed statements about how this is ruining our community. So that is the area that I'm just kind of geeking out on because I think mm -hmm. the the arguments to dismantle and to counter this with actual data has not been put into the hands of the folks that have a voice. And so I'm just jazzed to kind of continue to dive into that and to connect with people that are housing experts where we can really bring some light to this conversation because um, it doesn't put the onus on the communities to really evaluate the way that they uh, allow developers to build and allow uh, policy to change in a way that's really going to be impactful to this problem, because we know that short-term rentals are only a percentage of this of this crisis or this shortage. Mm -hmm. And so if you only go in at the angle of attacking and limiting and banning and setting moratoriums on short-term rentals, you're not actually going to solve the problem. Oh, no, you're at, just, you're at just all. pushing it a different direction. At all, because you're not talking about build to rent. You're not talking about hedge fund acquisition of properties and all of these other things that have dramatic effect on affordable housing, yet alone the type of housing that has been built, right? And that is available on the market right now, even you know, it, it, with these occupancy levels in cities like Atlanta, where you have all of this expensive multifamily unoccupied that again, is not going to even solve your problem with these bands, like not even remotely. It's, it's ridiculous. No one's looking at the data. Like, anyways. Um, yeah. I, so <laughs> I, and are you, but hold on, but the thing I like about our community too, and I have to add this is name another group that is also acknowledging, look, we're not the problem, right? We we know that there are parts that we contribute, but also, you know, we're open in in looking at how can we be, you know, a solution? How can there be coexistence 
to where even with what we're doing could be helping the other side and opening open to that and open to discussions. And that's one of the things I love about what you guys do rent responsibly is having the conversation, being open to have the conversation instead of just having this black and white, like either it's bad or it's good, either it works or it doesn't. Like, when does the world work like that, right? Like, how can we think of new paradigms or like new ways of doing things and new ways of addressing these issues and have everyone's voices at the table to do it in a comprehensive way that actually builds community, right? Isn't that the point? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that you just triggered a, a reminder for me to to share is that when I was starting the Mile High Hosts with Joe Pergolese in 2019, I was like dying to connect with other advocates across the country. And I was like, hey, I'm just going to start smiling and dialing and hoping somebody answers my call and is willing to kind of share with me what they've done and what's been successful. And that sort of community of advocates was not in existence. And so at Rent Responsibly, something that I, as in, as the, you know, kind of organizer of the leaders across the community, we've, we're building out a, a community specifically for local leaders. So they have somebody where they can say, Hey, we've got this objection that we're facing. Um, you know, we don't really know exactly how to tackle it. Has anyone had some success stories that they can share with me? That's worked well, like what's moved the needle. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this community we've built that's on Facebook, um, so if anyone's listening, that is a, a leader of a, of a local alliance, it's the short STR community builders, Facebook group. Um, but you can join that group and then post your questions where you're like, Hey, I need help troubleshooting this, or, Hey, I've got this tactic that was really successful. And I want to share it with each other, with, with the others in the group. So, uh, I think that is sort of like a big part of how we can leverage each other's learnings to have that much more energy for our efforts. Um, so that's what kind of gets me excited as well. We'll, we'll go ahead and share that, that link on, on the website and with the episode for sure. I would just went ahead and, and annotated it. The, we talked on the, on, on, on past podcasts about the, you know, tech and, and data and, and how tech can potentially help, with some of this stuff, are you, are you with your funding uh, getting in, like putting any tech pieces together to help aid these organizations? Or is this something that you're, you're already doing, or is this something that you're potentially looking to go ahead and do uh, in the future, you know, with the, you know, rent responsibly uh, under that umbrella? Yeah. So we're building out software that will help with our community building and education efforts that will kind of streamline as a hub places for groups to come through the door, learn all the tools, uh, you know, spread the word of best practices around responsible hosting and being a good neighbor. Um, and so, yeah, we are building out software. Um, it's something we haven't really announced in a, in a public way quite yet. Um, but I'll just sort of leave it at first. <laughs> um, I'll leave it as a light mention. Like mm. I'm incredibly uh, jazzed about this because, you know, no one wants to live in a bunch of G drive Google folders and hope that somebody <laughs> understands how to navigate it in the way that you set up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have our website, but we're taking it to the next level by leveraging the tech, knowing that that's the quickest way to get the information out and have everybody kind of, you know, existing in a space where they can collaborate as well. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's exciting. Glad to hear that. Yep. We, there was, there's talk about, about, you know, even, even taking it a step further, maybe you're thinking of this, 
of where like some of this these pieces of the software that are to be built could be used by the individual communities um, as a way to go ahead and and get responses from you know complaints or in to to kind of gather that that information so it's all in one place where you can go ahead and you know you have a software aspect of it but you know now it's for this alliance specifically right but people in the community can go ahead and log in and put their name in and and you know as a way for the community to reach out and kind of gather things together is this also part of your vision or is this just me thinking outside the box and or and been like no. oh awesome well absolutely and that has been part of our discussions on what's the need and where is there gaps in the way in which information is shared i mean i think there's nothing more painful when you hear that a 311 call goes to a dead end and no one's there to help that upset neighbor uh, address their concerns like that does damage to the neighbor it does damage to the host it does damage to the community and so being able to have an outlet where it's like the self-governing body or being able to incorporate complaint lines uh, without a doubt has been on our horizon because right. you know that's the quickest way to kind of solve some of these problems that we see existing um, because oftentimes i mean leveraging data is going to tell you stats that allow you to understand like what's the composition of your market and right. it, if you don't understand that then you really can't create legislation that addresses those problems i actually have a good friend of mine who does uh do, does ai stuff that uh with works with like faqs right so like to have like faqs for a specific community where someone can go ahead and either text in or whatnot and have an AI go ahead and answer that for you. Like, I don't know if that's something you're interested in. Like, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, FAQs, whether it's like myth, myths versus facts, yeah. um, anything like that. I mean, I think oftentimes the community can feel really frustrated because they don't feel like their voice is being heard. You get either 60 seconds or three minutes for a public comment, but it's not a conversation. You get to right. make a statement, mm -hmm. but there's no back and forth. And so I noticed in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, their community just hosted a live Q&A session where folks could submit via text or email questions they have for the folks in local government to understand what is really going on so that they're not continued to get fire up, fired up. So I think the idea of whether it's an FAQ from um, within the community or bringing in, uh, in answers from local uh, staff that can kind of dismantle some of these myths, it, I think that is part of the equation that's without a doubt missing. Mm -hmm. awesome what's next for you like what not is it you know what's next for rents responsibly what's next for dana are we going to see you on the road here are we seeing you next week um no you won't see me next week but um i i have a really exciting september coming up oh gosh. um yes. yeah i know <laughs> i'm like I'm doing nothing for the month of August just to like mentally prepare myself for September, but I will be speaking at the VRWS uh, Vacation Rental World Summit in Porto, mm. Portugal. Nice. Um, so really excited to to get over to Europe. It's been I can't count how many years it's been since I've been there. Mm -hmm. Um, so really excited to connect with a larger community and see what sort of best practices and practices and tactics I can bring back. And then we've got a company retreat in Scottsdale where I'll have an opportunity to meet some of the local advocates and uh, leaders that I've been working with in a Zoom square for the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, so to actually get to meet them in person and, and hug them is going to be a pretty fulfilling and exciting experience. Um, and then my my husband and I are going to Ecuador 
um, in October. And so there is a lot of travel there and, um, you know, opportunity to kind of get out of the four walls of my home that I work from home in and, and see the world and kind of re-energize myself. So I'm excited for the fall. Yeah, no, that's, that sounds crazy and crazy busy, but the the Ecuador, especially sounds like nice to unplug while you shoot and go to world summit. So that's nice. I, you know, I, I know our, my personal, like we're at Darm, Teo's at Darm next week. We're excited to, you know, shout out to Amy and Rebecca and the whole team and everyone's putting on a great conference there. Excited to be there. I know you have rent responsibly has some, has some representatives there for sure. So excited to be doing that. And then my September is an absolute shit show. Like, like, I think like I come home for like two days and then I'm back and I'm home for two days and I'm back. I think I have four conferences. Um, And then the end of October, October. I'm like two weeks straight, like, like literally like to Miami for the book direct show. And then I don't even have time to come home and then going from there to international in Vegas. So, yeah. I'm like, how do we pack for this? Because you know the airline's gonna lose your luggage if you don't do carry on. <laughs> I got a really good backpack bag, like that. Just you know, at, at least at the end of the day, if they lose my bag, I'll be good for like three or four days. That's smart. I, I think I that's think the way to go. I think it's dry cleaning. I think yeah, or it's just shopping. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, it's that's hey, what you got to do. Twist my arm. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's not really my thing, but I, you know, if I'm, if I have to, I will. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dana, thanks so much for joining us. We yeah, really, really awesome. appreciate you jumping on. It's, it's been great to catch up. Um, you're, you're as busy and energetic as ever. So we're excited to see you and excited to see you out on the road. And thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Awesome. Well, I'm honored to be on this podcast with you both. I have a lot of respect for you and I'm excited to just continue doing the work, knowing that there's other folks out there also trying to work in that same direction. Well, we'll have to have you back for sure. Thanks. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.